Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's cast, rolling down the Manager Tools Trinity. And for those of you who have been following the saga, yes, the Manager Tools iPhone app has finally been approved. And by the time you listen to this, it should be available in the App Store. So if you're interested in a great way to consume Manager Tools content while on the go with your iPhone or iPod Touch, this is it. Blog posts, forums, the Manager Tools basics, video, the Twitter feed, key Manager Tools checklist, and Trinity Detail are all available in the Manager Tools iPhone app. You can find details on the website, www.manager-tools.com slash iPhone, or just go to the Apple iPhone app store and search for Manager Tools. Oh, and did I mention? The app is absolutely free, so check it out. All right, folks, here we go with today's show. You know, I love it when we work with organizations and we get that, and we've told the story before, but we hear it so many times. It's just incredible. It's like, Mark, Mike, you won't, you won't believe it. This, this stuff really oh, works. Yeah. 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 The whole, you won't believe it thing is, is, uh, that's the thing that catches me every time. Uh, right? I just, yeah. I just, yeah. it just kills me. Like, um, yeah, we're going to tell you to do stuff we don't think works really. Yeah. Or we haven't tested and we're not certain of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, you know, then the thing we get from, from a lot of managers, all right, I'm digging this. It's working. It's working great. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. how do I get everybody to do it? Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've had that conversation with several different people, either individuals or HR or senior people about different ways. And I think a lot of times people want us to sell them, you know, okay, we can come in and change your company. And yeah, we do that, you know, and we're being asked to do it now. But but the fact is there are a number of different ways. And certainly there are all different ways to change a culture, changing managerial customs, let's call it customs, in any given firm. And usually when you're talking about a system-wide or a culture-wide or, you know, an organization-wide change, it's a, it's a firm-wide initiative, senior people are involved. And yet, you know, we have individual managers who are just a, a small cog in a very large machine. And that's what saying, we focus okay, on, though, right? I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's what we do is we yeah. form manager tools to help individual managers, right? We don't go after yeah. corporate work. It happens, but that's... The whole purpose of manager tools is to help individual managers, but right. we have managers that are listening and they manage other managers. Right. And they want yeah. their entire organization to use the management trinity. So that's what we need to help people with, I think. Yeah, I, I think what they want is they want everybody doing it. And what we say is this. What we say is don't try to get your entire company doing it. Don't jump immediately from your success to infecting the entire company overnight. Rather, infect your part of the organization. If you're a director, meaning you have managers working for you, ask your managers to do it as well. And rather than trying to go and sell people on it in the organization, rather than trying to persuade others, rather than verbally persuading or creating a presentation, what we recommend is you let your results speak for themselves and, and have people come to you and say, what is it you're doing? So, oh, well, actually, and you don't have to say manager tools. You have to say, look, I, I know my people better. I talk to them all the time about how they're doing and I ask them to improve and I delegate like crazy. And yeah. that develops people and it grows people and we get better results because I trust them and they trust me and I know them well. I mean, really, you, you almost leave out the manager tools, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but this is not about us. It's about managers being more effective. And it really is. It's easier than you think to do this, to, to say, 
forget about the entire company changing. Not that that's not a good idea, but rather let's change what we can change and let's make the change so compelling that other people will come to us and say, what do I need to do to be like you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's easier than most people think. There's some ways of thinking that really get in the way of managers rolling this out to their organization. Yeah, you're right. You're right. In fact, we've got four points we're going to make today, but we're going to do them in kind of a funny order. The first point we want to make is, and this is a key point for this cast, is we've got to learn to throw away the idea that management is about individuality or personality. Now, I know everybody's heard us talk about that before, but this is the cast where we're really going to make clear that point. The second point we want to make is we want, we want to help you understand that, that you need to throw away the idea that you, as a manager of other managers, can't mandate how others manage in your organization. If you have managers working for you, you absolutely can mandate how they do it. What's interesting is those two points are pretty sticky. People, people do want to believe management is about individuality. Even people who have changed to our behavioral mindset, even people who have changed their behavior, they say, well, that was just me. Or, you know, that's my personality to change and grow. Or, you know, I wouldn't ask my directs to do that because I can't do that, right? I mean, even as they've changed their own behavior, they, they don't necessarily give up the the myths, the the misconceptions that get in the way for so many managers. So those are the two points we want to start with in terms of throwing out ideas. But we're going to talk about those after we talk about the actionable parts of the cast, because we know there are those of you out there who says, yes, 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 you know, I, I, you know, I really tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. We all want a five minute solution. So point three is we do recommend you follow our Trinity rollout model in which we have a cast and we'll briefly touch on that here today just to set the, 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 the timelines up. And then the fourth point, though, is 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 the. The key of this cast, don't ask your directs who are managers to start doing one-on-ones for four months. The key part of this cast in terms of an actionable thing that you can do if you're a director right now, if you want to turn off your, your, your podcast and get busy doing something else, the answer is when you start doing one-on-ones, you, tell, you follow our rollout process, tell them you're going to do it and, and then do it and then start doing feedback when we recommend. But you don't start having your directs who are managers do one-on-ones until they have received your one-on-ones for four months. You have set the example, you have led the way, and then you can actually sit down to them and say, look, and now it's time for you to start doing it. And that's, of course, where you get into the whole them saying, well, gee, that's not the way I manage. And you have to raise your eyebrows and say, oh, yes, it is. I don't use my role power very often, but when I do, I'm serious about it. And this is the way we manage here. In the same way, this is the way we have financial systems, accounting systems, everything else. In this part of the company, this is the way we interact with other other with people who report to us. Exactly. And so we'll cover points three and four, the Trinity rollout and and um, and the four month process first, just so we can get those out of the way, even though they're the guts of the thing. And, and, and then we'll come back and talk about the throwing away because I think those are critical. Okay, so let's get to the first action, which is follow our Trinity rollout model. What do you want to share with folks there? Because we've covered this before, right? I mean, the the rollout model? Yeah, we have. And and look, I'll just briefly touch on it. But look, the point of this here, the context is you start by being a leader and setting an example. Don't ever ask managers to report to you to do one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, or delegation, unless you yourself are doing those things. Don't do it. That's akin to some CEO telling us, hey, you need to fix my team, and I don't have time. Go fix them. It doesn't work. It's never worked. No one's that good. Or if they are, I've never heard about them. And, and, your, and your directs think you're just a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, does, which generally doesn't help your change initiative. Yeah, right? you, generally. Um, I mean, idiot's not generally yeah. endearing. 
Generally not, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so we recommend you engage in the very behaviors you're going to ask your manager directs. Manager directs, that's a new new phrasing for us. Uh, your directs who are managers. To, you ask them to engage in the behaviors that you yourself are doing. You start doing one-on-ones. Okay. Now, as a brief background, the way we recommend you do that, this is a digest version, if you will, of the, uh, of the rolling out the Trinity cast that we sent out and which we talk about at conferences. And we get a lot of questions about, you know, can I go faster? And our answer is, yes, you can go faster. We don't recommend it. And in fact, slower is generally better. But what we recommend is you send out an email and say, I'm going to start doing one-on-ones. You share the slides. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a premium content subscriber, you can share the slides of one-on-ones with your directs. If you come to the conference, we'll give you the slides from the conference so you can share those with your directs. And you literally make time in a staff meeting. You send out the email which says, "I, you know, here I've got this many uh, times available. Our rule is if you've got X directs, you multiply X by 1.5 and you find that many half-hour times on your calendar. You send out an email saying, I'm going to start doing these one-on-ones. You don't have to make up the email. It's on the website for free. Anybody can get it. Download the email, tweak it a little bit, and send out the email and say, I'm going to start these in three weeks. Because people will say they're too busy in the next two weeks. But look at their calendar three weeks from now, and they're, they're golden. they got plenty of time on their hands. Uh, and they will find a half an hour. And you'll get some pushback. Why are you doing this? Am I in trouble? And everything else. And we find that pretty quickly, you get over the horseman curve, and people uh, get over it, and they really love it. And, and you benefit enormously, as well as the organization does. So you send out the email with the times. They respond back with the time they choose. And then uh, you take a time in, in, in your staff meeting and brief them on, here's when I'm going to do one-on-ones, here's why I'm doing them, here's how I do them, here's how the agenda is going to go, here's the note format I'm going to use, and so on. And you literally walk them through the entire process. You don't surprise them by it. And then you say, okay, I'm going to start doing them next week or the week after. And you do a week's worth of one-on-ones. And then in a period, you know, we recommended at the conference or in the rollout process, six to eight weeks later, is when you start thinking about announcing that you're going to be doing feedback. So what that means is, generally speaking, two months after you announce that you're you're going to start one-on-ones is when you announce you're going to start doing feedback. Two months. And in that two months, you'll actually find your relationship has changed with folks. On the other hand, that's essentially the, the, the model, and, and it goes on to say, you know, okay, in, in a number of weeks, you're, you, when you start doing feedback, you do feedback only, only positive feedback, and we generally recommend you start only with your top performers, and then you roll out positive feedback to everyone, and that then happens over a period of months and months and months, and generally, the, the rollout process for the Trinity can take as long as a year, and the reason for that is we have found that if you go too fast, people are learning too much. And they don't learn it well. And what we want is them to learn each step well. In fact, I've told every group for the last three or four years that when you're rolling this out, this is the fastest we recommend you roll it out. If you want to take a full 18 months to do this, you won't have any pushback from us. Because the slower you go, the more likely people are to learn each piece well. And then they'll be a a really effective interactor with you, partner with you in the change you're making in the managerial customs in your organization. Okay, So we're recommending you follow the Trinity rollout model. You can actually start doing feedback in two months or maybe let's say three months if you're a little bit more slowly. That's fine. Okay, So that's what we recommend. In order to really put this cast to full use, we recommend you go back and re-listen to the Trinity rollout casts um, or you, know, you can certainly learn it at a conference where we go through it step by step and answer a bunch of questions. Exactly. Okay, so 
In the rollout strategy, we talk about doing feedback only after having done one-on-ones for six to eight weeks, so almost two months before we do yeah. feedback with our directs. Yeah, and, and, and to tell you the truth, Mike, I, I got to tell you that in the next year, you know, we're constantly updating our stuff based on feedback. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if in the course of talking to managers in the next year or so, this is early 2010 right now, wouldn't be a bit surprised if in 2011 we start producing and it says, you know, let's see, it would be 10 to 12 weeks before going to feedback. In other words, taking a full three months to go into feedback. Because as we say, you know, what we say is you can do any of these models, any one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation, all of them work a la carte individually. They're all totally self-formed. They all work well. But they all, I mean, the most important thing we know about management is it comes out of relationships, right? The better relationship you have with your directs, the more likely you are to get the most out of them and the more likely you are to to handle the bad moments, the difficult moments uh, better than the manager who doesn't have a relationship. Right. And since one-on-ones are about relationships, investing more in the relationship is much more valuable than almost any other part of this. And you, again, as we say at conference, you and I have uh, learned that the hard way, that relationships really, really matter. So help me understand then, because I'm a little confused, because you say, you know, right now we're telling people to wait, you know, six to eight weeks, almost two months to do feedback, to do step two of the rollout strategy, right? Right. And we're saying, and you just told me that in the future, 2011, we might say, wait as long as three months, right? Yeah. Before you start doing step two. But here, we're going to suggest that if you have directs who are managers, that you do your one-on-ones with them for not two months, not three months, but four months before going on to step two, which is having them roll out the Trinity. Now, is that because managers are so slow? <laughs> is there is what's your point there? Yeah, actually, I, I think the way you said it could be could mislead people, and I know you intended to do that. Oh, me? Come on. St- yeah, step yeah. two, step two for you as a manager. If you're listening to this, the step two for you as a manager is delivering feedback. And that is also step two on the receiving end for your directs. But one-on-ones for for your directs with their directs, in other words, your directs having one-on-ones with your skips, one-on-ones for them are step one of them initiating the management trinity about changing their managerial behavior. What we've learned is we don't want to start having managers who report to a manager tools manager, in other words, your, your directs, um, we don't want them starting one-on-ones before they've started getting feedback. And there, there's really two reasons for it. One is a learning issue, that if, if they start having to do one-on-ones at the same time you're giving them feedback, that's just a, that's a tough combination of learning to have happen. They're having to rearrange their schedule and now they're having to learn how to take feedback from you and and accept it in a positive way. It's tough. And secondly, if you just isolate the cascading of one-on-ones in the organization, okay, um, separate from the learning spike that would go up for your directs who are going to be receiving feedback as well as receiving, being on the receiving end of one-on-ones and now delivering one-on-ones, the simple fact is, if you think of it as a stand, from the standpoint of one-on-ones, they're not going to learn a great deal about how to get better at one-on-ones from the feedback you give them when you start giving it to them. Rather, 90% of the learning they're going to do about one-on-ones is going to come from your one-on-ones. In other words, they're one-on-one with you. More time in your one-on-one, once they know 
that they're going to be giving one-on-ones themselves, the more time they know that, the better learning they're going to do. And one-on-ones are so important, we want them to do them well. So we recommend going slow. If you think about it, if I work for you, Mike, you're actually going faster. You're doing one-on-ones and say two or three months later, you're you're adding feedback. You're waiting to ask me to give one-on-ones, to start doing one-on-ones with my directs for four months because I'm having to learn as a recipient of you as well as start something new. And we found that if you do it too quickly and you ask directs to learn one-on-ones and feedback almost in concert with you, it ends up being rough on them. They feel like they're learning and doing at the same time. And there are people who would argue, oh, no, when you do change, you got to do it really fast and, you know, better. Not true when it comes to managerial behavior because in our experience, managers don't really understand why they're managing the way they're managing. Yeah, isn't it also useful to be at a point where your direct has, your direct, the who's a manager, right, that you're going to ask later on to start one-on-ones? Isn't it useful at that point before you start having them doing one-on-ones to have the feedback model nailed. So as they're doing one-on-ones, as they're making mistakes, as you're getting input from others in terms of how those one-on-ones are going, that you have a way to to help them. And it's before the coaching model, but it's very similar, right? We're asking to, them to develop a new skill and we have exactly. to have a way to be able to give them feedback about their performance. Yes, you're absolutely right. You'll have a place to talk to them. You'll have a way to talk to them with the feedback model about how they're doing. And you will have spent enough time, your relationship will be strong enough, that hopefully you'll start with positive feedback. Hey, can I give some feedback when you do one-on-ones? It really makes me think we're going to get, we're going to go farther faster here. And even if they mess up the one-on-one, just the fact that they're doing one-on-ones, you can find positive feedback in. But even if you had to give negative feedback, the relationship will be strong enough that they can handle that. But look, your directs, who are managers, they need time to learn what it's like to be a part of an O3. In the first two or three weeks, all they're really feeling like is, hey, my boss is giving me new work and I'm not really sure about this. They need to have a good feeling about one-on-ones as a direct. So when they start visiting it on their directs, when the their directs push back, maybe verbally, maybe not, the manager can have already seen past that initial hump. Imagine that you're my boss and you start doing one-on-ones with me and after three weeks you expect me to start doing one-on-ones with my directs. I don't really know the value. I don't, I'm not really sold on one-on-ones in three weeks, right? I'm really not. Yeah. In four months you will be, but yeah, in four months I will be, but in three weeks I won't be. And if I'm, if I'm not sold on it and I face problems that you and I, you, I haven't faced as a direct with you, it makes it much harder for me to be motivated to be serene even to fight through that initial, why are we doing this? Not invented here, you know, flavor of the month kind of thing. So look, People need to learn, need time to learn what it's like to be part of it on both sides of the equation, if you will. They need time. And look, it's probably more than most managers want to give. They say, look, if this really works, why would we want to go slow? And the reason why is because you're asking to change for them something very fundamental, which is their managerial behaviors. It's going to help them come over, overcome their sense of management as interpersonal, as an individual art. And they're going to feel the value of one-on-ones. When they begin doing what you do, it's going to be easier for them to defend their behavior change if they've experienced the benefits. Right. Otherwise, they're just stuck saying, well, the boss told me I have to do this, so I guess we're going to do it. But that doesn't sound like a good way for organizational change to happen. 
Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And, and it gives, so, so look, well, what our experience shows is it takes about four months for the vast majority of people to go, wow, this really works and I don't want to go back. And when they feel that way, they're much more motivated to go, yeah, I, I want to fight through the first three or four weeks. I want to give this to my directs. I think I'll be better doing this. Now, look, could you go faster than four months? Yeah, you can. But the risks go up. They do. Sure, you, you can mandate everybody does all this at once. If you're an EVP and you've got VPs and AVPs and directors and senior managers and managers all working for you, you can tell everybody do it all at once, right? But you're probably going to get some people to opt out pretty early. And everybody's going to be so busy that those people who opt out and don't do it are going to be kind of be missed. If you ask every manager at four or five levels in an organization to do something, that really creates a lot of institutional behavioral noise that is very hard to see through. If everybody changes their behavior and there's not some organizational learning up front, and by the way, you're the organizational learning in your organization when you start doing one-on-ones at the top of your, if you're at the top of your food chain. If you don't teach people well in advance and show them the value, you better have some pretty strong metrics, measures in place to make sure people are doing it. And frankly, what we see often is an entire organization starts it and they wonder why it doesn't work in six months. Well, look, there's a healthy number of people in your organization right now, if you don't know this, who will resist you. You can call it passive aggressive, you can call it flavor of the month, whatever else. We've seen it often enough, we didn't even put a name on it. The fact is some people will say, this is gonna be gone in three months. If enough of us disagree, it's gonna go away because they're always trying to change my managerial behavior, but nothing ever seems to stick. The only thing that seems to stick is when the company spends a ton of capital on a new technological system and then takes away our old system and we have to use a new one. That works. And usually that's a function of capital spending. It's not a function of managerial persuasion in the organization, right? Right. So we recommend you go slow. Now, look, we also recommend, and we'll talk about this in a later cast, I'm sure, about the importance of measuring managerial behavior. If I work for you, you're going to say, okay, look, in, you know, in three or four months, I'm going to be asking you to do this. And I'm going to measure you in the beginning, in the first, you know, three or four months you do it. I'm just going to measure on whether or not you do them. Because, the, you know, I don't need to worry about quality until I get the quantity I want. Yeah. Okay. So four months. Yeah. And really, folks, that, that's how long it takes to establish O3s as an effective enough tool to your directs, right? For enough of them to feel the value of them that, yeah. that they're going to try something new with their, with their directs. Yeah, as frustrating as it is to those of us who are high Ds and high Is, slower is still better. And the question really is, do you want change or do you want lasting change, right? Do you want some discontinuity or do you want some sustainable competitive advantage? Right. Do you want drama or do you want professional growth? <laughs> yeah. Drama's exactly. fun, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you're the initiator of drama, it seems fun, but it's 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 usually sturm and drang if you're the if you're the on the receiving end. So, again, 4 months Follow the Trinity rollout model for yourself, but don't start implementing one-on-ones, asking your direct who are managers to do one-on-ones until it, you've been, they've been on the receiving end for four months. All right. So now that we've gotten through the, the what to do, let's step back and, and talk about some of these kind of pernicious ideas that are out there around management that really get in the way when it comes to changing an entire organization's behavior. And the first one is you got to throw away that idea that management is about individuality or personality, right? Yeah. It just ain't so. (laughs) Yeah. We don't think it was intentional, right? The idea that everybody ought to manage based on their own intuitions and tendencies. We think it happened primarily because nobody took the time to educate folks on how to manage. It's also true that managing others, uh, because managing others is perceived as hard, 
And when I say managing, I really mean being responsible for other people. And because managing is largely interpersonal between you and your ex, it makes people think, well, it's more of an art than a science. Uh, but it's still wrong, right? No matter how persistent this idea is, it's wrong. There are plenty of things that we know work better for the vast majority of managers. We know these things. And we're gonna, humankind knows these things. Now, to some degree, they don't get spread because good management techniques tend to be taught within organizations, therefore imbued with a competitive advantage mindset that firms are less likely to share. Why would I share how we manage? Because we consider that one of the things that makes us better than everybody else. But look, Cisco does acquisitions better than other companies. Walmart does logistics better than other companies. Wachovia, now uh, well, now Wells Fargo, did retail banking better than other companies. Procter & Gamble does marketing better than other companies. Toyota did do quality and probably still will do quality better than other companies to all for dollar. Basically, they professionalized and then insisted on a set of ideas that worked better than other ideas in these areas that they compete and it created a competitive advantage. You know, look, when it comes to management, maybe GE and Procter & Gamble and J&J are known for it, but generally there aren't that many companies that are known for uh, management. And actually, it's really not managerial behavior on a day-to-day basis. Not all of management is a science. It's all not all measurement, and it's not not art. In other words, we're not saying there is no art in it at all. But when, when people argue with us that the interaction between any manager and any direct is inherently in a very complex moment, it is, and it's interpersonal, and it is, and it defies a rigid set of rules, we totally agree with them until they suggest that that then proves that, therefore, management is all art. Yeah, one of those great uh, debating techniques, right? <laughs> yeah, the false dilemma, right? I, I talk about that periodically. Uh, it's logically fallacious to say that there, because this, therefore that in, in this particular case. By definition, virtually all systems that we come in contact with are nearly, are, are neither purely this or purely that. They're a blending of various and sundry this and that's, right? We can measure attendance and quantity and even quality of work versus known standards, but we probably can't measure commitment or loyalty with any certainty. And so what this, what this causes us to come to the conclusion of is management is both an art and a science. We at Manager Tools, we believe it's been too long treated as purely an art, and millions have suffered under the illusion that because it's art, we have no ability to be Picasso, huh? and therefore we oughtn't take up a brush at all, right? We further believe at Manager Tools that we can all, all of us, can become gifted painters, drawers, sculptors, whatever you want, artists, and we don't need to aspire to be Picassos any more than any financial analyst or investor ought not to beat themselves up because they're not George Soros or Warren Buffett, right? The fact is there's an enormous difference between the greatest artist of all time and someone who is, in fact, very gifted and, and quite effective and can draw or sculpt or, or, or make something that's beautiful. And most managers have mistakenly said, well, you know, I, I don't have that particular thing to be him or her. And the fact is, maybe you don't. But we're not trying to make everybody her we're, or him. We're trying to make everybody effective and efficient and professional. And that is eminently doable. And they can, we can teach the basic behaviors. So we want everyone to unbelieve the idea that management is individually decided upon, that it's an art and it's, and it's not a quasi-science. Once we get rid of this fallacy, it, it frees us up to ask, okay, 
there's got to be a better way, right? If it's not individual, what's the better way? We don't agree that everyone should do it exactly the same way. And in fact, that we said before, everybody's one-on-ones are a little bit different. And that's a good thing because every manager is different than every other and every director is different than every other. But there are some fundamental principles that you have to put in place and then behaviors to put on top of those principles. And that's what we've done. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because there's, there's another issue, right? Where folks, they learn some new management skills and they try them out. They're successful. And we've had lots of people come to us and say, hey, hey, Mark, hey, Mike, this manager tool stuff really works. Yet they know that to be true. And they still feel that they cannot mandate. Somehow management can't be mandated within the organization. It seems silly to me, but yeah. it's true. Some pe- people feel that way. Yeah. Um Look, once you get away the individual thing, this one becomes a little bit easier because I really do think a lot of the pushback is that, well, I can't mandate how other people do things because, again, because it's individual. But think about it. If we're not bound by the fallacy, right, then why would our directs be bound by the fallacy? Once it's not an individually driven, individually controlled endeavor, right, just think about, well, we'll let people paint cars whatever way they want. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> in fact, we don't even let lawyers, uh, uh, you know, which is which is an incredibly artistic endeavor in many ways. We don't let lawyers do it any way they like. There are some certain standards. Engineers have to follow certain standards. There's all kinds of standards. I don't even need to get into the thousands of standards that every small and mid-sized and large company has for doing all kinds of things. But look, once it's not completely individually driven and, and it's, it's, it's not just simply you get to do what you want, any manager's behavioral set is a fair game for the organization to encourage, proscribe, and even to mandate. Now, now look, we know it's not popular, you know, particularly with younger professionals today, to say the word mandate. But the fact is, the fact that it's not popular doesn't mean it's not true. It's true. We've said it before, over and over and over again. I think I've said it over in this cast. We have systems for many things, large and small, in our organizations. Payroll, accounting, vacation, expenses, meetings, hierarchical obeisance, nepotism, officer trading, pensions, timekeeping, parking, computer passwords, laptop security, logo standards, press relationships. Any of these systems violated in certain ways can put your very job in jeopardy. But then somehow to suggest that management, our most important system of all, oughtn't have some basic rules. And by the way, we're not mandating what's said in every single one-on-one. We're just saying a one-on-one is a good basic structure to, to instill in the organizational framework. To suggest that management, as important as it is, ought to ha- oughtn't have those basic rules, some inviolable guidelines, general though they are, is, is really ludicrous. Now, look, of course, harassment, illegal activities, yeah, fine, okay, we, we, we respect that. But once you go, get away from the idea that it gets to be individual choice, even sales forces, it's not all individual choice. They say, you know, sales forces all the time say, no, there's a five-step sales process, and you've got to pre-qualify, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And when managers go out in the field and the call goes bad, they say, well, you didn't pre-qualify. Well, you didn't do this. Well, you didn't do this. And you know, you might, in fact, be the one artist who's so good they can get away with it, but the vast majority of managers that we're listening now are not and don't feel bad because neither Mike nor I were either. And this framework, this basic framework, is a way to raise the floor for every manager so that the chances of someone being a really bad manager go from 20, 30, even maybe 40% in some cases, down to less than 5%. And if we lower the chances that every manager has a chance of being bad to less than 5%, that means 95% of managers are starting with 
a basic understanding. And then we have a greater chance of identifying the artists, the people who are really gifted in that area and may in fact have a shot at being a great CEO. So all this boils down to, look, it is completely reasonable, folks, for any director, any manager of managers to insist on some basic managerial behaviors, the same way that you insist on accounting and finance behaviors and so on, to insist on some basic managerial behaviors as a way of ensuring repeatable performance. And of course, the other side of this is management, effective retention of talent. One-on-ones feedback, coaching, and delegation exist to improve the performance of the organization and to retain people to the organization because people are expensive. They're, they're the biggest expense companies have. And managers who do it over and over again say, wow, I wish I'd have fought through it. And that's part of why we've, we've shared the Trinity rollout system because once more people start doing it and asking their directs to do it, the directs who are managers, the chance you have, not, you don't have to go sell it anymore. You simply, people come to you and say, what is it you're doing? You know, we have, we have a good friend, Rich Rue, who was asked recently, you know, what, what is it you're doing? Why? You know, what, I think Rich was quoted in one of our conference videos as saying, I got a promotion, or a really big promotion. And it happens all the time because managers change their behavior. And yet many of them say, can I ask my people to do this? And the answer is, why would you, why would you not share it with them? Not because Mark or Mike or manager tools benefits, but because if it works, right, why would you do more of that? Yeah. As you're going through it, it kind of reminds me of a lesson I've had to learn too many times, frankly, which is you do all this stuff and you get great results. And pretty soon you start to believe yourself to be a great manager. I ah. am a great manager. And then you lose track of that which makes you great. And you stop exhibiting the behaviors. You start practicing. You stop practicing yeah. these behaviors. It's not behaviors, right? You're saying it's you rather than the behaviors. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. never me. It's the behaviors, right? And and when you fall into that trap of believing it's you, and stop doing the behaviors, then you find six months later you look back and say, "Wow, I'm not nearly as effective as I used to be." It's, and it goes yeah. both ways, right? Which is, if you're not exhibiting these behaviors today, we're not asking you to all of a sudden start be start being a great manager. We're just asking you to start practicing some simple behaviors that work over and over and over. So wrapping up, again, throw away the idea that management is about individuality or personality. Throw away that you can't mandate how others manage if they work for you and your organization, you can. Follow the Trinity rollout, but don't ask your directs or managers to start one-on-ones any faster than four months after they've started getting them from you. Four months is as early as we recommend. You start rolling down the Trinity, meaning down in your organization. Now, look, it's simple. You can and should ask your managers, the people who work for you who are managers, to change the way they manage if the system or steps or processes you recommend are generally more effective than whatever others are doing. Look, nobody's taught a way of managing, so they have very little defense. Managerial behavior is no different than the other systems we've mentioned many, many times before that are designed to improve efficiency and effectiveness except that it's the most powerful system that's designed to improve efficiency and effectiveness. And it pays to go more slowly than those of us who are high Ds or high Is, many of us who are managers, would like to believe. Lasting change needn't be fast. Help your people learn. Set the example for them. Making mistakes while engaging in new and more effective behaviors or techniques is normal. You're not abnormal if you make mistakes when you try something new. It's reasonable. You're not unreasonable if you stumble when you start something. And frankly, it's leader-like too. And so our recommendation is lead the way when it comes to managerial systems and take your time doing it. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. 
Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. So long.